really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby. As always, I'm your host, David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game wherever I can find it all over the globe. If you'd like to get in touch, it's easy to do so, and I would love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at of Scrum. I'm on Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast, and you can always just drop me a good old-fashioned email at the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. So this is a very special episode. Is the one 104th consecutive week that I've cobbled together this little red wagon. So exactly two years. The best thing about it by far is the amazing people who have agreed to come talk with me. It's been totally unbelievable. Thanks to everyone who listens and supports. Uh, it, I'm really, truly grateful. Tonight is no exception as I've got four incredible guests, one of whom who's, is brand new to the space. So I can't wait to get started. Our first guest has been on the show more than almost anyone else by virtue of our Rugby World Cup series from down in New Zealand last November, still possibly my favorite pod series and maybe rugby tournament of all time. As everyone in this room knows, rugby doesn't have rules, it has laws. And we found one of the best of them. It's the incredible Rachel Law. Rach, <laughs> welcome back. How the heck are you? I'm good, thank you. And all the better for being invited on this fantastic um, podcast to celebrate a wonderful two years. So I'm delighted to be here and excited to chat all things rugby. So I apologize. I do know that was a recycled joke that I already used last year. But um, as I said, like I, I was pretty much scraping the barrel <laughs> for the, the last, <laughs> last couple of times we've chatted uh, for law jokes. It's, uh, I'm a human, not a dad, a dad joke computer. Damn it. <laughs> no, I, I think they get better every time. So, um, no, I'm sure we'll find plenty more law jokes uh, as we go along. <laughs> the problem is, if you Google it, you get lawyer jokes, not law jokes. So. It's, uh, it's I said, I always said if I wasn't going to be uh, a vet, then I would have been a lawyer just so that I could have used it, stop in the name of the law and all that. <laughs> <laughs> right on the outside of the, the building. Law, law. Yeah. <laughs> so up next, we have another semi-frequent guest, a man who has somehow been to more concerts and festivals this past year than actually took place. It's the inimitable Will Owen. <laughs> Will, how did you actually do that? Um, by being phenomenally irresponsible. <laughs> always highly advised yes <laughs> uh did you have a favorite festival this year oh uh it's like picking between my children uh just my favorite child happens to be called glastonbury fair um speaking of concerts of course our final returning guest is back from a tour of some of the smaller greek islands where he teamed up with <laughs> slash from guns and roses to play covers with the word slash substituted in a partnership frankly we all saw coming it's the inevitable lee calvert from the blood and mud podcast lee welcome back my friend and how was the crowd at hedro this year oh it was it was it was absolutely fantastic um as always it's great to be here i feel very honored to be invited actually and what an achievement, David, because as somebody who, you know, throws enough words at the wall to try and produce a podcast every week, um, which is barely about rugby by now, the fact <laughs> that you managed to do it um, for every week for two years, um, pretty much on your lonesome with guests and pulling people in is is amazing, really. So well done. And thank you very much for inviting me on. What an achievement. Well done. 
I forgot to say exactly the same thing, by the way. Well done. This podcast is incredible and has been for two years. And I genuinely am so amazed at the uh, the level of effort you've put into this. It's phenomenal. Uh, I was telling Rachel ahead of time, it's, it's at least a 10 or 12 page essay every week. And that's so 104 times that. And then I think I, I did 80 bonus episode number 89 earlier today. So uh, yes, hours. It's, I didn't even do that in college. So you know, well done. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying I did it in college. <laughs> so finally i'm so glad we finally convinced her to come on the show as she's still even today incredibly sad and disappointed by her favorite team the glasgow warriors with their loss to a monster team they should have beaten quite easily it's the indubitable patricia, uh, patricia Vieira. patricia welcome and, and do i have that right or uh um look we'll go with it it's fine thank you so much for having me it's so nice to finally be here and like 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 everybody else said congratulations it's an amazing achievement. Well, yes, I, I think we do all know Patricia's affiliation does lie with Munster. <laughs> um, for our purposes here tonight, we do have a team each of you support, which will come into play later on. Will, for tonight at least, you've got the Ospreys. Lee, you've got the Cleveland Browns of Premiership Rugby, Gloucester. And Rachel, of course, you've got Edinburgh. Um, just as a quick test of each of your levels of fandom, I did find a little mini trivia question for each of you. Um, Rachel, I'm going to put you in the spot with the first question, but my intention is to sort of ramp these up as we go. So, Will, buckle in, pal. Oh, no. (laughs) The thing is, before you do this, you've given me the Ospreys. If you asked me who I support, I'd have said either Long Eaton or San Diego Legion. Um, So you've just dealt me the Ospreys. But we'll we'll go with it. We'll go with it. I gave you a chance to object. You didn't really say anything. (laughs) Yeah, I got I got given monster as well, like stereotype yet again. It's really really frustrating. <laughs> All wow, you I do didn't... is travel around half around the globe to watch them play. <laughs> and somehow people attribute fandom to that. It's ridiculous, Patricia. <laughs> I know it was a, it was a bit of a leap for me, I guess. Um, okay, Rachel. Back in the 2021 to 2022 season, Edinburgh they went 10-7 and one. Ended up losing 28 to 17 in the quarterfinals to the eventual champions, the Stormers. This season. What was Edinburgh's final record? It's a good start, guys. It's a good start. <laughs> um... <laughs> David, can you repeat the question? Uh, as you are slowly <laughs> looking it up. <laughs> uh, Edinburgh's final record this season at the end of the URC. As in where we finished? Uh, yeah, the actual uh, wins, draws, losses. Um, we... And I'll give you a hint, no draws. No, there was no draws. We... That's the first question as well. Like, you said that was the easiest one. I know, goodness me. Good luck to the rest of you because <laughs> I've got no idea. Um, how many wins did we have? We didn't have a very good season. We won... How many games do we play in total in the URC? Eight, 18. 18. We won... Seven. Very close. It was six and twelve for the for Edinburgh this year. <laughs> Definitely a little bit of disappointment. Um, Lee, I know you've only sort of recently adopted Gloucester as your team, but I, I think you have a fair shot at this one. Has Gloucester ever won a Premiership title? <laughs> uh, no, and that's precisely why I picked them for my team recently because <laughs> that's right in. Although my rugby league team is second in the league this year, and I think I might have to you know invite. Submissions for a new one because they seem to be doing quite well. But yes, they've won none. It's been a very, it's been a long uh, tale of tragicomic wonder, really, Gloucester, which is why I kind of love them, really. 
Well, they finished top of the league in the 02 to 03 season and then again in the 06 to 07 season, but ended up runners yeah, yeah. up both those times. Uh, it's been Patricia, mostly that, a joke apart from 2000, 2006, which is where it, should, it was just upsetting. And apart from Billy Pelt 12 Tree's hair, I mean, the guy, I, he's good enough reason to watch that team anyway. He's or bald was now. It, what? Is that true? Oh, Billy, Billy Trotters is bald now. It's yeah. like the, there is actually no reason. He's left to Gloucester keep and Gloucester. shaved his hair like Samson. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that, and I wish I didn't know that. You'll right. witness all five stages of grief <laughs> on air on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, he hasn't. He hasn't. He's not. He, he has. has look, look it up. No, look it up. Nah, <laughs> doubt it. I refuse to look that up. As far as I know, that didn't happen. I'm going to sit here in my basement with my eyes covered. April Fools. <laughs> it is July. Uh, Patricia, I'm putting you in the hot seat. You claim to be a fan of Munster. Oh. Tell us what the three crowns on the Munster flag represent. Oh, that's like probably something I learned in junior start history and you're really just baiting me out here. I mean, I like, look, I don't know. Let's just put it, let's just say that straight away. Um, is it to do with like old provincial kings like oh from, yes you know, precisely before the before the brits came yep exactly so the uh the three historic kingdoms of munster thomond in the north desmond in the south and ormond in the east which begs the question what the hell was going on in the west uh cork ah uh, <laughs> will my dear brain bank of all things welsh rugby uh, I mean, the first time you were on the show, you answered like every single random trivia question I could find, including the ones that I got horribly wrong. Yeah, um, which makes this even more on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, side note first, if you and I were going out for a trivia night and you could pick any theme or topic besides rugby, what would you pick if you wanted to do really well? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I was going to say like obscure Radiohead tracks, maybe. <laughs> Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, you're going to love this. Uh, which of the following Ospreys players has the most caps for his team? You've got, I don't, I don't, it's Joe, is it Behrman or Beerman? Yeah, Joe Beerman, Behrman, yeah. Uh, who, who got his last cap in 2017. Two is Sean Connor, who got his last cap in 2008. Three is Barry Williams, who finished up in 20, uh, 2007. And four, Steve Tandy, who called it quits for the Ospreys in 2010. So this is specifically for the Ospreys, right? Not yes. including yeah. Swansea. Not, not Welsh. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just the Ospreys. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with Barry Williams. So I can't tell if you're just going to hang up after this. I found three <laughs> Os- I found three Ospreys who had 101 caps and one who had 102. <laughs> Steve Tandy had 102 caps for the Ospreys. The other three all had 101. Aha! Fair play. That's the <laughs> cruelest thing you could have done. <laughs> well, I got it so badly wrong last time. I feel like I had to, I, I don't know what I was thinking, frankly. I never do. Um, anyway, we've got three little mini segments to get through today. Um, the first one, in honor of the, the greatest tennis tournament in the world happening this or concluding this weekend, this segment is called, You Cannot Be Serious! <laughs> uh, it is, it is uh, set to be the least goofy of the segments and simply involves a few questions about, you know, actual things. Um, Patricia, I did want to say, 
congratulations on your team. Pretty much shocking everybody in that final, except me, frankly, who announced the Stormers were going to lose like weeks ahead of time. Um, but it must have been an absolute roller coaster in in the first five or six weeks. Like if you did a word, word cloud about Munster compiled from Irish podcasts, the word crisis and disaster would be right smack in the middle. Um, how did you think the season was going to go after they lost to Cardiff Dragons and Connacht in just the first four weeks? Uh, they lost five of their opening seven games, if I remember correctly. And um, I think I was more optimistic than most because I was kind of like, I think this will get good. I didn't think it would get good to the point where they would win the URC, but I did. I didn't think it was you know, oh no, we're facing into, you know, six years of losing to the Dragons all the time now. Um, but I definitely didn't think it was going to go quite as well as it did end up going. Will, your team, or the team we've given you, started the year with a draw <laughs> against the Scarlets. Did you have any sense on that day that every single day in Welsh rugby this year from then on would be worse? He did. Hang yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the short answer, having supported Wales, just know, knowing what Welsh rugby's like, there's always a worse day around the corner. <laughs> uh, Rachel, Craig Manson from the Scottish Rugby Pod, he's, he's a frequent guest here. And before the season started, he opined that Edinburgh would make the playoffs and could easily go all the way. In week one, you guys obliterated the Dragons, but then went on a, a three-game losing streak. What would your prediction have been at that time for how Edinburgh were going to end up doing for, for the season overall? Follow-up question, what's it like to beat the Dragons? <laughs> do you know what right see if you look at the Edinburgh team on paper you're like do you know what they should actually be really flipping good yeah. um we started the season very very well and uh, we then got ourselves into a bit of a rut um and I don't really think we ever really got ourselves out of that rut we didn't have a very good season at all um uh we had a few I guess we had a few injuries but to be honest with you still week on week we were still putting out a team that should have been beating most other teams um, and I just think we lacked a bit of consistency in terms of of that side of things and we just didn't really seem to get going at all I think obviously Mike has now left the building um, so I think I don't know whether or not he was enjoying his role particularly well and whether or not that was kind of influencing the players as well so mm. um, a disappointing season um, I the start of the season, I was like, oh, here we go. This is actually going to be quite good. And then, yeah, I was like, well, shall I watch Edinburgh Rugby? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, it was kind of a weird season for Gloucester. Their opening match was actually in round three. Um, after dropping that one by just two points to the eventual league winners, they won the next three in a row. How were you feeling about Gloucester's chances, you know, at that stage early? Um. You've always got to caveat everything when you start thinking about Gloucester with the fact that they are basically a meme in the form of <laughs> twenty-three men a week. They somehow it's so so the whole they're 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 a meme in rugby club form basically. So always in your mind is 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 a is a short video of a man running up an escalator and nearly gets to the top of falling over and flying back down again or something or, or something like that. So that that's the entire experience of being a Gloucester fan is waiting for the comedy man on the escalator moment. So in a way, part of it was, and a bit like Rachel said, really, about Edinburgh, there's, there's, it was a squad that could have got into the playoffs. But in a way, they were kind of a victim of just how completely stupid the English Premiership was last year anyway, where people just seemed to pinball between third and 10th 
and having weeks off that nobody could understand and then having to play in a European competition that even less people could understand. And so you just ended up being... So I suppose that's a very long way of saying I am never hopeful and anyway, that's fine because I feel uncomfortable as I am. But it's... Uh, but yeah, I, I I am slightly hopeful for the new season as well. Some decent, even though twelve Tortures has gone, the squad looks a bit better. And, and by the time I've played the other game that's coming up, and 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 what you know, if I can add to the squad, it's going to be you know incredible. So, well, Lee is our, our sole representative for the Prem. Like, what is going on right now? I, I want to like put my arm over the Premiership's shoulders and be like, "You okay, bro?" Like, is is the Prem falling apart, or are they kind of just heading towards that twelve uh, ten team? you know, total league that a lot of people have been saying is best for them in the first place. Um, what's going on with the Prem right now? When I was at uni, this has got a point, honestly, right? <laughs> when I was at uni, and probably for most of my 20s, I used to take a view that it didn't matter how much money I borrowed, as long as I could pay the bill every month. How did we invite Will Greenwood on the podcast? Where's this going? <laughs> I've never been so insulted. So the, 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 Lee, you've got much better hair than Will Greenwood does. Don't you. listen to him. Thank you very much. <laughs> Go to the gym a lot less, though. But yeah. Um, where was I? So, and basically the Premiership has spent a long time. That caught up with me in my early 30s because it was a very unsound financial plan. And I think this is what's happened to the premiership, basically. I think they thought as long as they can just keep borrowing money and paying every month, then COVID came, and then basically it's all just completely fallen apart. So I think they are sort of the vanguard of um, having to stop, you know, just pay your Barclay card off premiership. Do you know what I mean? Just, you know, have a, have a plan. So there's some of that. So it's, um, and London Irish are the latest to go, of course, but it's, I don't, I think it's going to end up as a ten team. It, sorry, yeah. put it this way. I don't know how it's going to end up. It's got to end up end up as something that's moderately affordable, unlike me in my twenties. So hopefully they'll have a bit more <laughs> sense, but I can't guarantee it. Well, Will, your brother is Squidge. I feel like he could solve the premise problems all at once. Why doesn't he just like buy London Irish himself? Like, what else is he doing with all that sweet, sweet scarce, uh, Squarespace cashola? I cannot speak. If I speak, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> 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 oh, so you're saying negotiations are ongoing? <laughs> um, negotiate. I guess if you say no, that is technically a negotiation. <laughs> uh, Will, it has been a tough year for all things Welsh rugby. I, I have a feeling you might have already known that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. All things Welsh men's rugby, it's been tough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, true. The Six Nations was a revelation in many ways. Yeah. Um, uh, so I am looking to keep things fun. So I, I want to challenge you to find three things, three high points from this year's sort of overall pursuit of the Welsh Shield. So, you know, three positive things from any of the four regions in the URC or from Wales Christ. in general. Okay. Well, um, the Dragons beat Munster, apparently. So uh, that's pretty <laughs> cool. And then that's one. Um, I think that some of the regions will have beaten each other, which is quite nice. No, well, Card Cardiff, Cardiff beat Munster as well, if you need another one. Oh, Cardiff beat Munster. That's great. <laughs> Thank you, Patricia. You're really good at remembering who beat Munster. Um, uh, I mean, to be fair, the Ospreys in Europe was a pretty good moment with um, them beating yeah. the Tigers away at Welford Road. That was great. And beating Montpellier as well. 
Like the Ospreys in Europe this season were actually something to get excited about in Welsh regional rugby briefly until, you know, Saracens happened. But, you know, it was exciting to be uh, to be optimistic for about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Until Reese Webb kind of, you know, threw Duncan Taylor the match. But, you know, like the, the three, four weeks of optimism was probably the high, high point in Welsh club rugby. Uh, Rach, sort of same question for you. Three positives, three takeaways that you look that you think of a, a, in a good light from a lackluster Edinburgh performance this year. It could be a player you thought did well, or you know, a particular result, or just a trend you saw coming. We had a few good games the start of the season. I think, to be honest with you, as you mentioned earlier, we had a good start to the season. Then we went and played all the South African teams, didn't we? And then we got into our situation where we were just a bit. I think we're a bit thrown by all of that and we couldn't kind of find our feet. Um, what good games do I remember? Um, tail end of the season, did we not pump Ospreys? That was a decent decent um, squad that we got out. Um, who continues to impress me? Darcy Graham. We all oh, just yeah. love Darcy Graham. He does lots of good things for Scotland. He does a lot of good things for um, Edinburgh. I'm excited that he's obviously staying with us. Um, Buffelli, oh, yeah. He hadn't. He didn't get much ball um, last week for Argentina. I, I've seen bits of um, this week's win for Argentina. He's always very, very um, stable under high balls for Edinburgh as well. So he's been a highlight probably of my Edinburgh season this season. Um, that's probably about it, to be honest with you. And to be honest with you, that's probably about we, all we can give them credit for because they haven't been fantastic. <laughs> Boff has been amazing. Um, Patricia, this is almost the exact opposite question. Like your team won it all this year. What work-ons could Munster possibly have? <laughs> like uh, if you could th uh, think of three things that they should do better next year, what could those things be? Um, well, I mean, evidently nothing because as you say, <laughs> they did win everything. I mean, they could probably beat a few more Welsh regions. Like that's probably a pretty <laughs> good starting point. Um, I think that they really put me on the spot here because all I can think about is how good they were at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> what you do here, Patricia, is you flip the question back in, to the New England Free Jacks, having won MLR, ask what they mm. could have done better, and then steal yeah, his answers. Yeah, come on then, David. <laughs> um, there's some so, issues at Monster, the stadium. Yeah, Monster can't okay. scrummage. Um, well, no, that's that's harsh. Um, and we've signed John Ryan back again for the eighth time or however many times we're going to sign John Ryan. So... <laughs> That'll, that'll fix itself. Um, the Joey Calbury have... mystery, Patricia. Yeah, that's, that's you know what? what? We've only got one. We've only got one fly off because one of them is Joey Calbury and the other one's gone to Edinburgh. So we're kind of in trouble there, I suppose. Um, Who again? Ben something. Look, we'll we'll talk about him in the other in the other game later. Don't, don't you worry about that. <laughs> oh, I see the agenda. We all had the same um, thought when revising the Edinburgh squad for this then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think not having uh, zero fit second rows for the majority of the season is probably the main work on. You know, let Gavin Coombs not have to start games in the second row, probably. So a follow-up, and I know this is what all of us are wondering. If mm. Lee had a gardening battle with Peter O'Mahony, who oh. would emerge victorious? Oh, see, the problem is um, Lee is here now, and I don't really want to insult him. <laughs> That was the really like it would be a lot worse if Peter O'Mahony was here right now. <laughs> yeah, put it that way. If Peter O'Mahony was here, I wouldn't have hesitated. That's the thing. Um, well, they have very different styles of garden. 
And I know, Lee, that you've said in the past that you, um, your style of gardening wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be a huge fan of Peter Romani's style of gardening. You can respect the hustle and you can respect the talent, but it's not, it's not what you would go for. So I think that in their own ways, you know, they're both good at different things. If you want to garden with a load of right angles, you're going to a Mahani, you know, um, <laughs> Lee, Lee, I know builds a lot more than, than Peter does. So, you know, actually it's, a, it's, it's, it's a draw in, in, in that regard. Is that while he's spending 10 minutes bent over with scissors on the edge of his lawn, I'd be able to just moan him from behind with a petrol strimmer. So I, I fancy my <laughs> chances, to be honest. Because I'm a far more uh, industrial gardener. There was, was a video gonna... of um there was a video of Omani and his son um planting seeds and he was getting the, the kid to throw, you know, little tiny handfuls of seed and pat it into the grass. And I think it was an ad because one thing about Peter Omani is he's going to post an ad. Like everything oh, the yeah. guy does is an ad. And you know what? I rate it. Um, and the kid picks up like a fucking fistful of feet. Sorry, I'm not supposed to swear. And throws it on the ground. And Peter just goes, oh, Jesus Christ. And then the camera cuts because he obviously has to clean up the feet. <laughs> so he's not passed his gardening talent on to his children, it appears. Peter Romani reminds me of when my wife used to do baking with the kids. And she desperately wanted to get them involved, but just couldn't handle it. Because of what they were doing. Well, when you started to say, there's a video of Peter Mahoney with his son, and he's throwing, I thought the rest of that sentence was going to be high tackles at him, or just <laughs> elbows. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to flip that, Lee. If the competition wasn't just gardening, but it was overall DIY, would you fancy your chances a little more? I'm not seeing his DIY yeah. work, to be honest. I, I, I bet I he can't. I bet he can't DIY. He's too busy. Yeah. Fair. Plus, if, he, if he's that obsessed, he'd never get anything done. Perfect is the enemy of good and all that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, <laughs> so that was, you can't be serious. <laughs> and our, our second segment, I'm calling Try or No Try. These are things that I've been thinking about and wondering if they're good ideas or not. Some of them are kind of just random questions. But since I'm an American, I felt compelled to give names to every little segment and say it really loudly. Um, so try, no try is, is going to be the winner for this one. Um, these are all up for grabs. So if you have an opinion, you can just sort of jump in and take it. Um, our first entry down in Super Rugby this year, they tried out something new, which was the reviewable yellow card. So there might be a more official name for it, but the Kiwis are notoriously bad at coming up with good names for stuff. So we'll, we'll just stick with that. Um, basically, if a ref isn't sure whether an infraction should, should be a yellow or red card, they can just give a yellow so they don't have to stop the game. And then over the next eight minutes, the TMO can look more closely at it, make a decision, tell the official who then conveys that to the team captains. Good idea? Bad idea? What do you all think? Try, no try. I really like it, but not as a 20-minute red card. It has to be a real red card if when they upgrade it. Mm. But I think it's I think it's fine because having been at quite a few games this season, it is kind of annoying when you're stood there for 82 minutes while Andrew Brace looks at a little television next to you <laughs> and you're just like, you don't know what he's looking at, you don't know what he's saying. Like, I like it from a speeding up the game point of view, but as someone who is vehemently anti-20-minute red card, it needs to be a real red card. I'm in favor of that. I quite like, because I quite like the referee side of it, I quite like watching it over and over again and listening to what the referee's saying and in that side of it, and I quite like watching it over and over again on the TV and waiting for them to make a decision and seeing whether or not I agree with their decision. So I would be less keen on it just because the TMO does their thing and we move on with the game, but 
yeah, I don't know if that's just because I kind of like the the laws and the referee side of it. It makes you wonder what the TMO is doing, do, like missing during those eight minutes, though. If every time there's a yellow card, if he's like, okay, let's go back and start watching this while the action is still happening. Does it have like a backup TMO, need, though, for it? Yeah, don't we need a second one or something? Are they doing that? You have to you have to keep in mind as well that a lot of the times the TMO is Ben Whitehouse. So, like, he needs that <laughs> no, sort of extra... all the time the TMO <laughs> yeah. is Ben Whitehouse. 95% of rugby games, he's including, like, He's got a bank like, of televisions 10s. in his bedroom. Just <laughs> Where he basically just watches every game that's played ever. Ben, wake up. Was that a yellow? Can you hear me, Andrew? I think it is a red card, yes. Wait, which game are you doing again? (laughs) (laughs) He starts calling out red cards for the wrong players. The other thing I find mad about this, so I was watching back like a highlights package of the under-20s World Cup going on like two weeks ago, whatever. And then I saw in one of the games, there was somebody just like flew in with like a flying shoulder to the face of somebody, right? And you look at that and go, like, oh, that's nasty, you should do on a highlights package. And then the next clip is the referee showing the guy a yellow card and it's like, wait, what? And then you remember about the, re- the reversible, <laughs> upgradable uh, red card thing. You can never be sure right, of Southern Hemisphere though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy obviously spent the rest of the day- game off but still, seeing that guy water a yellow card for, you know, a flying shoulder into somebody's face <laughs> is kind of funny. Well, that under-20s little... World Cup was really funny because I was in that stadium where a lot of those games were played in Cape Town. And, yeah, terrifying. <laughs> it was really <laughs> well, funny to watch actual rugby get played there. My little line has been um, that high tackles in the Southern Hemisphere are kind of like ghosts. Like the referees are just not sure they really exist. <laughs> I think it's a um, good idea. I think it's. Um, I, agree. I I know what you're saying, Rachel. There is something nice about seeing the thought process played out in real time, isn't there? I just think that the general yar boo stuff and the crowd while it's going on doesn't really help. I think, but but so I I think but uh, yeah. And, and also, so, so, technical so often now. their yeah. thought process is bad. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, take take it out of their hands. Let someone else yeah. do. It. <laughs> Well, there's yes. a lot made of like, how did the official phrase it when it went to the TMO in the first place? The like, I saw a try, but, or, you know, whatever, like they, they, they get into the literalism of it, which seems to defy how the system is supposed to work and bug it down. But um, next question for y'all, should we in fact respect the kicker? Most competitions, they, they even, you know, they put it on the screen in the stadium and people, people sort of dutifully obey, like somebody's putting on the 18th at the Masters. In France, they don't seem to care too much. It can go either way in the NPC, I mean, with the cowbells, especially. For me, the crowd getting behind their team and trying to sort of throw their opponents off is the whole point of home field advantage. So should the idea of going silent during kicks be shelved at this point? Disrespecting the kicker, try or no try? Absolutely try is- it. Don't try it. Implement it immediately as a rule that everyone has to do. <laughs> it's, the sta- it's, the, it's the staggering lack of consistency. Well, why aren't you quiet when a line-out's thrown and then? If we're <laughs> yeah. going to go that road. It doesn't the make any is, sense. It's forwardism. I'm Irish. I'm Irish, so like respecting the kick is really bred into me. Like That's such an yes. Irish rugby thing. Oh. Um, I, I really like when you're there and it goes really quiet, but... You do hear a lot of like French fly half say it all the time that they find it really disconcerting when they got when the crowd goes quiet because they they're so not used to it. So in a lot of ways, respecting the kicker is often disrespecting the kicker. Oh, um, I do I do think that's a that's a thing. Like I think that 
you know, as Patricia, you'll know, as somebody who goes to Toman Park regularly, that seems like the best ground for just staying silent during while the kicker is taking the kick. And that must be so, like, disconcerting as a kicker. She's like, oh, right, everybody is watching me do this thing. Better not screw it up. Mm. <laughs> yeah, if you make any noise there, you will be shot up while there's a kick going on. Like I don't know if any of you have read um, Johnny Wilkinson's book, but see reading Johnny Wilkinson's book and his thought process when he is lining up to slot a kick, the whole thought process. I don't know whether or not someone would be able to have that thought process if everyone else was screaming. But then think about World Cup final in 2003. Everybody was, was the noise that was mm. there when he went for the drop goal. So I don't know. I think it's a bit of a... Mm, you should ask each of the kickers do they prefer a noise or no noise and you could say right okay this one's noise and someone hands up a board that says noise <laughs> I quite well, like I'm that gonna, it's so different depending on I'm what gonna be, you're in I'm going to be controversial here right place kicking is the easiest skill in the game <laughs> it's the easiest skill in the game the ball is perfectly teed up for you you've got ages to think you can, you can invent your own process that makes you as comfortable as possible you know, you, you can literally walk through whatever. You can have a little black box you throw your bad thoughts into. You can forget that people called you, you know, fat boy at school or whatever while you're doing <laughs> it. And basically, and, and it's the easiest, and I know pressure, really, but most of them aren't under pressure anyway. That's the first thing. How many are actually there to win a game anyway? So you've already got it piss easy from the start anyway. So actually the fact that somebody might shout bastard at you in your run-up is, <laughs> is not something I have a problem with. So, What's your goalkeeping percentage, Lee? Hey, never mind that. That's, <laughs> That's not the point. No, look, I preface everything. They've all kicked more goals than I have. But even <laughs> so, you know. I feel like as Americans, we should be doing that in, in Major League Rugby, just being super obnoxious and loud. But like, there's a whole vibe That's in the It's not stadiums like Americans, where... though, is it, David? I mean, you can't. No, <laughs> loud and obnoxious and just speaking when nobody's asking you to speak. Uh, <laughs> but the, there's a weird vibe in the stadiums a lot because there's a certain number of people who just have never even seen rugby. They're just trying it out for the first time. But then there's sort of the old school people who have been playing in clubs for all this time and they're like, hey, shut up, we respect the kicker, you know, rugby values. And like, there's there's a this weird competing vibe. And I'm like, this is our opportunity to be super obnoxious and throw these people off. It's called, <laughs> it's called home field. <laughs> I do think that Rachel's idea of having kickers identify as a loud yes. noise kicker or a quiet noise yeah. kicker <laughs> is definitely a thing. A booing and hissing kicker, you know, yeah. everybody yeah. responds differently to different noises. I think that's the best idea we've got. I think that answers the try or no try. Sing cold play, they can't kick a thing. You know, something like that. <laughs> I, had, I had a, a friend who was like the best heckler in the world. You know, we were we were watching like a Celtics game uh, and we're, Shaquille O'Neal was on the other team and Dave just starts into his thing, which he, he isn't like, you suck, or just booing. He starts in with this whole pattern, uh, like pattern that evolves. So he's like, Shaquille, I'm your father. How come you never call? Your mother misses you. Where have you been? Why don't you return our call? And eventually players are like, what the fuck? And they start looking up in the stands and trying to figure out who it is. It's really effective. I've seen it do some good stuff. I um, think they shattered Shaquille O'Neal and he never came to anything then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it ruined Shaq right off the bat. It's true. Yeah. He had his go at MLR though, didn't he? Trying to bring exactly. the ball out, seeing if he can, you know, get the game time. To he was reduced to DJing at the MLR final. And by the way, he, and of course, he's at one side of the field playing at an unearthly volume. Well, guess where San Diego had to warm up? 
directly in front. It was super funny. You could tell they were all super annoyed. You couldn't hear a thing down there. And like, I actually, somebody sitting right near me is one of the owners of the Free Jacks and his family was sort of talking to him and they're like, aren't San Diego mad? Isn't it really loud down there? And he was like, yeah, it is. And they, they're they <laughs> super mad. But I, they started complaining about it and I was like, tough, we got here first, deal with it. Um, so I fl- th- this final one here. <clears throat> I've floated this to a couple of different people and they've consistently assumed that I was just kidding. But I honestly think, oh, I can, now I can tell it's gonna be ridiculous. I, can t- I do think this is potentially a thing. So the point of giving cards out in the first place is to disincentivize, uh, disincentivize poor or illegal behaviors. What if we found a way to make your time in the sin bin even less desirable? So my, de- uh, my idea is the sin bin, sin bin dunk tank. So Rachel, you've just made your third illegal clear out of the match and the official gets tired of your shenanigans. Um, They send you to the sidelines where you climb up into the seat of a dunk tank. Then kids can come down and take turns trying to dunk you during that 10 minutes. (laughs) I guarantee you in January, you do not want to be in that seat, right? And then it adds a whole new like type of fun element for families. Everybody wins, right? Sinbin dunk tank, try or no try. Would you not just get loads of people then forgetting about the game of rugby and just coming to pelt things at folk? Are we here for the That's rugby? That's the idea. The bin? <laughs> <laughs> I support a team who um, I support a team who have a sin bin sofa to make the sin bin period even more comfortable for players. So <laughs> Mr. Bin Man sin, sin bin looks so nice. I would definitely my not roll number, away in my own twenty-two for a life. It is down my there. number one goal to be allowed to sit on that chair at one point. I befriended <laughs> Stewart and Thorman Park across the season. So that I can go back, you know, after the World Cup and be like, guys, you know, the, the Sinbin chair, like, can I just, after the match, so just, you know, walk down and just sit on the chair for a few minutes? It looks so comfortable. In, it was like miles away from everything as well. So this is an isolated, inflatable sofa <laughs> thing for people sitting on with. Or was it something like, you know, cork interiors painted on it or something? Isn't it sponsored it's or something? really funny because they're not allowed to have it for European games because it's sponsored by Mr. Binman and Mr. Mr. Binman aren't... Uh, um, Heineken Cup sponsor. So when a Munster player gets the yellow card in a Heineken Cup match in Thumbham Park and they just go over and there's a plastic chair there, you can always see them every time being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> where's, my, where's my armchair, guys? <laughs> where's the sin duvet? He's like, I got a yellow card on purpose to sit down for a few minutes, have a little rest, and now I have to sell this little lawn chair. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go no try on me. The uh, the card period less comfortable because it's against the whole monster rugby ethos. <laughs> it could start a whole new thing like fantasy dunking too. You could be like, oh wow, you know, on my team I've got Will Skelton. He's definitely going to get dunked today. <laughs> I think you can maybe have a sliding scale of things that people have to endure based on what they've been binned for. So if it's like a deliberate knock on, you can just have a sit down. But if it's like <laughs> People will remember, people who've listened to my pub will remember that we tried to invent a scale of offences, which went mm-hmm. from kind of acceptable shithousery to, I don't know if I can say the word, but at the other end, the constrict, basically, <laughs> which is acceptable. <laughs> I don't so, know if I can say the word, says the word. I've said a word. Anyway. <laughs> Time code and bleep that, David. I won't say it again. But the, uh, the um, if you're in the C word trick end, then maybe you have to endure something really bad, like not just, you know, literally having bags of shit thrown at you or something, as opposed to even... <laughs> So I don't know, but yeah, I think there's elements. But we're all about growing the game, aren't we? So if people just want to come to watch the Simbin like nastiness, then I don't have a problem with that. It's more, you know, more people through the turnstiles and all that. Think about Rachel's point. Yeah, no, exactly. 
drug people. If you gouge someone, it's like psychological torture or something. Yeah, basically yeah. white noise torture for ten minutes. Yeah. And they should have like a small little screen in the corner of um of like the display on the match on yeah. the TV. You know, they should have like yeah. a tiny little box where you can see the torture that's happening in the. Slowly going insane <laughs> for ten minutes. Yeah. Then they yeah. Like th- I've never really thought about this, but the term sin bin is a little bit strong, is it not? Like, <laughs> yeah. As, as I say, you've slapped the ball out the scrum half's hands. It's like right, you're going to pay for your sins now. <laughs> It's a bit Christian centric as well in this day. Though, it's it's well, it? Let's be honest. But it's a bit, uh... again, I'm yeah, I mean, Irish. I've never seen a if problem you do with it. If you do something really bad, you have the equivalent of a Welsh off-season training camp done to you for ten minutes. <laughs> I was just going to say, will there will there be sounds of babies crying and stuff? <laughs> That's what Gatlin's preparing the players for. They're all going to get sent off in game one. When when it's a, Monster played. When Munster played Glasgow in Thoman Park this season, um, and you know, for those who don't know, those two teams wouldn't necessarily be the best of friends, we'll say. Um, Glasgow won that game; they absolutely destroyed us. But that doesn't really matter because Munster won the league in the end. Um, but Brian Wilson, who is you know number one, not best friend of Munster rugby, he wasn't <laughs> playing, but he was there as like a water boy. And the um, Munster supporters on that side of the pitch were making baby crying noises at him for the whole match because he was wearing a bib and it did not stop for the whole match it was so excellent it was really so he was basically in that sort of card purgatory even though he wasn't even playing that's incredible we recently had on our pod we had andrew ford the youtuber mm. who uh, makes all the uh, highlights compilations his stuff's stuff, brilliant yeah. but he yeah. yeah he made one called rugby's biggest thugs ryan wilson kind of knowing that he often makes them for like players that will bite you know um and after he played in cardiff at the arms park uh, he was saying that um he met ryan wilson at the side and said right have you ever seen this video called rugby's biggest thugs ryan wilson and ryan wilson said that gets sent to me every single week by a different friend of mine <laughs> and then he said i made that video and then ryan wilson was like you made that video there's so many more clips you could have picked man like why did you not think, think about the time that i spear tackled this guy or whatever and it's like you know what he's a good sport that's fantastic <laughs> okay it is time for our final segment i'm calling it rugby white elephant have any of you come across the phrase white elephant before because i think i only somebody only told me about it like three I, years ago I, so. I, I have but i don't know how it applies to what you're about to do it's <laughs> it's like it's like a I've yankee heard swap white and elephants but not together <laughs> just not in that order um it's, it's, I've also heard it called a Yankee swap, but I think that's, you know, a New England American thing. Anyway, it's like a a gift trading thing, usually before Christmas. So there's sort of a stack of things. That's not what a white elephant is in in Britain and Ireland. Oh, really? No. (laughs) Do I want to know? No, no, a white elephant is like something that um, is, you know, kind of big but useless and has no use anymore. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, that actually like makes all of our podcasts <laughs> <laughs> and mine isn't big but yes i was gonna on. say thanks for, thanks for big. That's, that's excellent <laughs> i think i've sold big. us all a little bit too well there <laughs> we're basically just an elephant <laughs> <laughs> um the way we're gonna do it is just a, sort of a, a, a player trading game um there are Three rounds, so each contestant, that's you people. Uh, have you noticed that what a great reaction you get when people call you you people? It's just something people <laughs> universally like, right? 
each contestant will, of course, select a player to steal from another another contestant's team. You can only steal from each contestant once. So, for instance, can I say how unfair this game is, considering my team no. won the URC and he's got a Welsh region? <laughs> <laughs> There's only like 14 players Who in the which you'll take less time to figure it out. Can I point that out, please? What'd you say, Lee? Two of which your team can't beat. Yeah, well, <laughs> we beat the other. We beat the we beat the one that he's got. So <laughs> I'm starting to feel really bad about the Ospreys thing now. Oh no, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Um, can we steal players from the New England Free Jacks? What if I really want counter-attacking King Mitch Wilson? Mitch Wilson is pretty awesome, but he's going to be in Eagles camp soon. So he's unavailable okay, for today. Okay. I do, though, however, have a mystery player. I've got him wrapped up in a little box here. Um, I'll give you the hints that he's from the Southern Hemisphere and is a back, a versatile player who's very, very good. Um, so instead of reaching over to the Ospreys and stealing somebody, you could pick my mystery player box. Um, the example I was going to use is so like Rachel couldn't go and steal Ruben Mor Morgan Williams from Will. And then on her next term, uh, go back and grab one of the other three players whose last name is a simpler form of Morgan. So if uh, <laughs> if Harry Morgan, Jack Morgan, or Luke Morgan had been scooped up by Patricia, Rachel could still steal one of those Morgans from her. Does that make sense? I just wanted to point out how many Morgans there are on this team. Uh, like That's like four out of, what do you have now, 14 players? Yeah, Morgan Morris is in there as well, bear in mind. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, as I said, you could also... Instead of taking from another contestant, you can steal the mystery player. And then that, of course, mystery player is in play and can be ganked from somebody else. So as I roll my pretend dice here, and we'll do this sort of, uh, you know, snake draft style, as they call it in fantasy. Um, I see that Will, wait, wait. <laughs> ah, yes, Will gets the first choice. Will, you can pluck any player from Edinburgh, Munster, or Gloucester. Or you can choose my mystery box from the Southern Hemisphere, the rockinest hemisphere on the face of the earth. <laughs> that, that joke was just for Lee, I think. <laughs> it's, it's really, really tough which of the good players the Ospreys should sign because these teams have good players and also Gloucester are on there. But... Whoa! And yet Gloucester are my favourite of those teams. Um, but, I mean, whilst it is very tempting to just take Ben Healy to piss off Patricia. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go elsewhere in Edinburgh and I'm going to take King Boff Emiliano Buffelli. Great pick. Okay, let me... Uh, I should probably mark this down somewhere, right? That's Boff going to the Ospreys. Oh, poor Boff. He's going to be like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> he turned Indian. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> KSL Strongbow. <laughs> uh, uh, Rachel Law, you are next. Who are you going to reach down and snag? Um, you're thinking about the ghost of Billy Tr Twelve Trees' hair, the missing mohawk of R.G. Snyman. Uh, who's going to bolster Edinburgh for you now that you've just lost a pretty big player? I know, I know, and I could we could play this fun game where we just nick him back and forward, but do you know what then? I will take us it's not a very a like for like player, but I'm gonna take someone um from Lee because 
I would quite like to have Santiago um, Carreras from you, please and thank oh, you. If you're yeah. stealing Bob from me, so. Oh, good call. I like that. You've actually ended up, ended up up there, I think. Do you me. think? Oh, I thought it was a slight downgrade, but. <laughs> wow. This is excellent already. Um, do, 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 do. Lee, you are next mm. on the clock. Who is going to make Gloucester just that bit better to take them to the promised wow. land of the playoffs and a championship next year? So you've you've fundamentally misjudged why I'm going to be choosing players. That's the first thing. <laughs> um, so I am going to come and now I'm going to come to, to Edinburgh uh, because and I want Dave Cherry. Okay, I see where this is going. Because <laughs> ever since Gloucester lost Peter Buxton in 2012 after 10 years of service, we haven't had a sort of me- mediocre to medium sort of bald-headed man in the pack <laughs> who we can all adore with great, uh, you know, aplomb. So um, I would like Dave Cherry, and also I'd like to ideally have a team that look entirely like tradesmen stroke camp contractors. <laughs> where it starts. Yeah, I do think I'm, I do... I. I I'm big on cult heroes, basically, and I think, uh, and, I'd, and I'd love to have Dave Cherry in as the latest one for Gloucester. Really, that's an excellent shout, Patricia. That brings it to you. Um, are you glad that none of them thought to tear your heart out even more by taking John Hodnett? And are you shocked that neither Lee nor myself has referred to him as Josh Hodnett yet? <laughs> I'm just not going to tell Lee that John Hodnett is a roofer. Um, that's, <laughs> wants, doesn't look like one doesn't look like good. one so he's no good to me yeah good um, I'm also going to go to Edinburgh which I feel like is kind of bullying at this point oh, but, um, what happens but, if I have no players left how does this game work I've not got anyone to play you, you will have I'm to gonna, change your name to the Ospreys I'm going to sort of pretend like we don't all know what's going to happen and sort of do a little build up like the other two did um, I'm going to take this player because um, Munster have two tens in their squad as a stand, two senior tens. You know, we've got Tony Butler coming up through the academy, but one of them is Joey Carberry, who I don't think is actually allowed to play rugby anymore. Um, and the other one is Jack Crowley, which you know, Jack Crowley is excellent, but uh, I'm going to take Ben Healy. There's really, there's really no other way around that. Um, he shouldn't, she shouldn't have him in the first place, in my opinion. So I'm just taking it back. Does he have to be Irish again? Um, he can still play for Scotland if he wants to. That's up to him. Like I'm sure he's really enjoying Finn Russell's company. Um, he's, he's welcome to play for welcome to play for Scotland, but uh, I'm having him for the purposes of this. I do think you should require him to regrow his hair. That was, you know. Yeah, I am you know. personally the number one supporter of Ben Healy's long hair. The day that he cut it into the long hair mullet, and I watched the match on TV, a part of me died. Um, when I saw it, I genuinely sort of fell to my knees, like screaming and crying why um yeah I'm I mean look I'm happy to take him in his sort of current you know blonde tips and Freddie Mercury mustache era whatever way he wants to come as long as he's as long as he's coming home I'm fine with it <laughs> so as I mentioned this is this is the snake draft so we do the turnaround like in NFL fantasy that puts Patricia still on the turnaround clock um who else are you going to reach out and add to your squad so you've taken a player from Rachel so far I'm not massively interested in Gloucester, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, 
I was looking through the squad earlier and I was like, mm, even if I had to pretend to care about any of these players, I don't know if I would. I quite fancy <laughs> Val Rapavaruskin, but like that's sort of not that relevant to the game. That's just, I think he's good looking. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the mystery player at this point. Oh, okay. I love it. So in my little package here, I have a fabulous rugby player. Um, you might not have been... <laughs> this is about to be a hugely disappointing no. um, Jason Woodward Israel Folau is <laughs> <laughs> he's back baby uh, so you might not have been watching him I don't know how much of you how many of you actually watch Super Rugby um, he just had for me the best season of his life um, is it John he, Ryan it is not it, it, he, uh, he helped his team to the top record in Super Rugby, though then they haven't lost in the finals, of course, to the Crusaders. Uh, he's begun to thrive at 10, though you probably picture him playing 15. He's happy and smiling, no matter where you put him. You got yourself Damian McKenzie. Led Super That'll Rugby in terms of points scored. Uh, he was instrumental in getting the Chiefs to the best record, as I mentioned. Um, those Chiefs were really great this year, and Damian had a hell of a year. Are you happy with your little mystery box? Yeah, I mean, that'll absolutely do me. You know, as a backup to Mike Haley, I think he'll, he'll be brilliant. Um, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, as I'll say, the best Super Rugby team. I don't care if they didn't win the final. They have two monster players in their squad this season, so that makes them the best. Um, because as we know, Munster are the best. Damian McKenzie also great head of hair at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm I'm over the moon with that. That's way better than anyone I could have got from Gloucester. <laughs> I don't know. I Dave Cherry's on the did... table. That's true. <laughs> He's just <laughs> sitting there waiting to be cherry picked. Um, Mackenzie, oh, of course, George Barton. Sorry, <laughs> from Gloucester. You, you want David Mackenzie, honestly, Lloyd Evans. <laughs> um, okay, Rach, that means we're back to you. It is your responsibility, nay, your destiny to make Edinburgh not suck next year. Who are you going to take to solve all of your woes? Um, Damien who- Mackenzie. <laughs> well, um, who am I going to take? Who am I going to take? Mm, Patricia, I think I'm going to have to come to you. You've hyped them up. You know <laughs> are. Um, who am I going to nick, though? I am going to steal. Gavin, probably no. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna nick Gavin. So, mm. what if I just say that they're not allowed to take any of my players? <laughs> That's how the team works. You've already met my whole team, so <laughs> Rachel is basically I mean Patricia is now picking up the bases and going home and saying, sorry, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I I'm changed sorry. the rules of the game when I don't like how they affect me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um okay. So Gavin's coming to he was, was, he, was he top try scorer this year? Was he? He was one of them. Um one of them. He was, I know he scored, I think he scored like 17 tries this season or something ridiculous. Pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, you could you could have done worse, I suppose. I really, if anybody, if anybody does want Joey Carberry, like have him, you can have him as an extra player. You know, it's not even, you know, it's not even as <laughs> Oh, the Ospreys would take anyone at this point. So <laughs> we just need 15 players to field. <laughs> I'm going to take for my last pick, I'm going to take Lee Calvert. <laughs> and he's seen me play that's how bad it is <laughs> I feel like I might have already screwed up this order but we're just going to go with Lee it's your second pick now um, you you took somebody from Edinburgh last time so you've got uh, other options now right so I'm coming to Munster now 
Um, and I'm coming to Munster for probably some faint praise, I think. And I want from Munster, uh, Alex Kendellan. Okay. That's really upsetting, I'll be honest. <laughs> because Gloss have a very, very proud tradition of underachieving back rows in the long run. <laughs> I'm thinking Ben Morgan, I'm thinking Andy Hazel, I'm thinking people like that who look absolutely packed with talent at one point. Maybe not Ben Morgan, but certainly Andy Hazel back in the 90s and 2000s. And I'm getting a, I'm getting a nice vibe. Of, I love Kendall and he's great, full of talent. He's got some emerging island caps. He's really teeing himself up to under- high, bast- high bastardry level. I feel like he's a real yeah. Lee player. Yeah, he's a, so he, he's really like teeing himself up for <laughs> 10 years of unfulfilled promise. And that's exactly what we need at our club. So I I quite fancy him to come in and and just flirt with international rugby for a little while and then just be solid for a bit and be, again become a crowd favourite. So yeah, that's what I'm calling England for. qualified. England qualified, Alex Kandela. He? So he'll yeah, he is. Um, because we're very sort of aware of monster players who are qualified for other countries, because as you know, monster players aren't allowed to play for Ireland. So we've already lost Ben Healy and John Clayne this season. We've got Mike Haley and Alex Kandelan that are England qualified. Obviously, Antoine Friche is in there. Um, you know, our squad's going to be gone in the next two years. So you can, you can, I'll begrudgingly let you have Alex Kandelan in the hope that he he ends up with more England caps than he would have ended up with Ireland caps had he been at home. Maybe he won't be quite so your so club with you. Maybe. Well. I just have this feeling that you've got something like sinister and totally out of left field cooked up at this point. Who are you going to take for your second pick? I'm going to take an Ospreys player. No, nobody's done that. <laughs> Nobody will do that. I can see what everyone's doing. Everyone's waiting for me to take the good players so they don't have to take any actual Ospreys players. <laughs> and then they can then have the wall at the end. So I just end up with the, the standard Ospreys squad going into next season. Um, it's quite a difficult selection here. So... I have two here because of the snake draft, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, you're gonna do, you're gonna do the turnaround for sure. Okay. Okay. So, um, in terms of my monster selection, we'll lead with, and I see Patricia trembling at the thought of me stealing <laughs> a, a monster player. I could just take Joe Carberry, so the Ospreys have a player. That could be a good tactic that I can do. But Patricia said I can probably have him for free. So Joe uh, Carberry's we'll, we'll negotiate excellent. That later. He's so good. Yeah. Um, just, but, injured, just needs to get over those injuries, he'd be world class. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a soft spot for Andrew Conway, so that's something I'm tempted to do. But I think what I'm going to do instead is pick <laughs> Sorry, on that, the basis. I that really upset me. I, I, I was leaning back and laughing. I thought, oh, that's gone too far, even for a pretend <laughs> game. <laughs> I'm this, on the this, basis. This game might be, this game might be Patricia, Patricia's undoing. <laughs> <laughs> On the basis that he's quite good at rugby football union, uh, I'm going to go with a player called Ahis Naiman. Ah. Is he, is he contracted this. next year? Is he coming back? Yeah, yeah, he is. This is a bullshit game, um, and I hate it. <laughs> um... Ospreys have got no money anyway. Why would you want somebody that costs £80,000 a minute? Because I've been given unlimited money, bro. <laughs> because they, because they come back for three games and win you a league. That's it's, why it's like the early years of we work. Just keep spending. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not gonna lie. Like you're only gonna have him for like four minutes anyway. So, and there'll be the best four minutes that a Welsh region has seen in twenty years. <laughs> not since Jerry be Collins. Not you know, since Jerry just... Collins of the Ospreys reached these heights of a signing. <laughs> 
sometimes you just got to go, you know what? Four minutes is slight. It's about two minutes more of good rugby than the Welsh regions combined had last year. So with Arthur <laughs> Snyman playing, I reckon, you know, we're doubling. We're, 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 we're in the money here. It's still better than you taking Andre Conway. <laughs> <laughs> Will, you're on the turnaround here. Uh, you've taken from Rachel and from Patricia so far. Who are you taking next? You see, that means this- you have to take a Gloucester player on, Lucky. Which I'm fine with because <laughs> I, I've got two options here, you see. And one of them could really potentially screw Lee over because I see what he's doing with his squad right now. <laughs> um, but the other, the flip side of this, and I'm going to have to ask you a question about the rules of this game in a minute, David. Okay. Because okay. the Ospreys are desperately in well, need of a scrum off. Uh, th- they're not rules, they're laws. Laws. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry for disrespecting the values of this game. Values, man. But, values. Um, the things the Ospreys are desperately in need of a scrum off next season. And I'm going to ask you, am I allowed to pick Natasha Mo Hunt for this? Because she's like one of my favourite players, despite being English. And she plays for Gloucester. But she is no. female and playing in a men's team. No, you're not. Because I looked at the Gloucester Heartbreak squad and I was like, this is so much better than any it's of the other so squads I have to choose from. I was so hoping that nobody was going to do that. And I don't think that should be allowed. I, I'm going to... All of my uh, favourite players play for them. It's I know like it's, my monster. I know it's David's game, but I don't think that should be allowed. I strongly considered giving Lee the option ahead of time to pick the, the Gloucester Hartbury team instead of the men's Gloucester team. And I realised that would be way too unfair. But yeah. for context, I've wrote down like a few kind of names of players from each team of like, oh yeah, this is who my picks would be. Uh, I wrote down one male player for Gloucester and then I've written down seven female players. <laughs> that that ratio sounds exactly right to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's it pretty much sums up my feeling on uh, men's rugby at the moment. But but yes, it's a one to seven ratio of enjoyment. Um, <laughs> am I being overruled on that then? Because I do have a backup. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. We, I, I, I've That's consulted the, the manual of laws and uh, on page 6,842 in the B section says, no, we'll can't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you want to go to the TMO to double check that? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And we'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> to be fair, ben, ben Whitehouse is probably on this call anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fine. I'll check. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in that case, I am going to go for the selection that as I say, might slightly screw Lee over because of the, the amazing squad he's building of the, the certain type of player. And Lee just did a grimace, which is about, I would say about a tenth of what Patricia did when I said Andrew Conway's <laughs> name, uh, because I don't think he's quite ready for me to steal the man, the myth, Jamal Ford Robinson. <laughs> hey, yes, I thought you might say that. He was my, <laughs> he was my number two Gloucester pick if I was going to have to pick a Gloucester player in the game. Um, he's Jamal Ford okay. Robinson. He's a good. He's such a good lad. And yeah. uh, look, he's an extra body to put on the field. Um, and the Ospreys <laughs> need that. That's my priority at the moment. You started this whole thing by saying the Ospreys really need a scrum half, and then you went for Jamal Ford Robinson. Yeah, I Is did. Is he playing scrum half? Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> look, somebody else can move scrum half. Reese Henry could play scrum half. You know. <laughs> you might not have Reese Henry for that much longer. No. <laughs> that, that sounded <laughs> ominous. <laughs> Take George North. <laughs> He's really good. I'm not Rachel, saying that I have to joke everything. 
Rachel, this is going to be your final chance to improve Edinburgh this season or just change the way they look to be all, you know, working class people if you want to go a different route. <laughs> it is your last chance. Who's going to be your final pick? I've got a pick from Ospreys, haven't I? I'm afraid so. I don't know how <laughs> it feels to have a player stolen. You could take you could take Jamal Ford Robinson. <laughs> I could. Um, can I just play a player down? I don't mind doing that. <laughs> um, oh no, who would I take from Ospreys? Um, do you know what? I'll have someone like Kieran Williams. Oh, for fuck's sake. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he's always solid, isn't he? Something Edinburgh have struggled a bit with their centres, so I go on, I'm nicking him. But the only decent thing. <laughs> you <mean. laughs> Lee, Lee, you've had a good long bit to sort of strategize and plan this final pick. What is your devastating gut punch move here? Well, it's just been taken from me by Rachel. <laughs> of, for how polite she was being, it was still awful. But the... Uh, the, uh, the <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Go terms find of 12, another trees good going, 12 trees going, Mark Atkinson now being 57 years old, I needed a sort of really decent centre to come in. And as Josh Gardner, my pod partner, says regularly, that he is the greatest player in the world, Kieran Williams, so therefore he should be started. But I, I can't have him now. So I've got to sort of like scan this list in front of me, which <laughs> looks like my GCSE results. It's so terrible. <laughs> so, the, uh, the, um, so, well, actually, no, no, I've already got a hooker, though. I mean, Dowie Lake would be a shout, but I've already got a hooker. So, and um, Play him in the centres. He's built different. He's built different, it's true. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. That sounds like a slogan. Tipperick hasn't retired from domestic rugby, has he? Yes, he has. Yeah. <laughs> He's so retired. I love him. He hated it. Yeah, Justin Tipperick, I'll take. Thank you very much. Oh, that's good, actually. I, I can't believe I forgot about him. Tipperich. Okay. Our newest guest of honor has the final selection in our little game. Patricia Vieira, Glasgow fan extraordinaire. Who is your final pick? What player is going to help guarantee Munster get that repeat this coming season? Um, there's going to be a lawsuit for the amount of times you've associated me with Glasgow Warriors and forced this, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, so I can choose from either Will or Lee, can't I? Because I took Damian McKenzie earlier on. Yes, indeed. You kind of saved that ace. Uh, You've Damian, really Damian thought McKenzie. the strategy through on this. This is Lee. That, that's Lee, quite... you'll be fine. Lee, you'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> You've really thought the strategy through. You can pick from either Ospreys or Gloucester. <laughs> Not the I... women's team. <laughs> I... Yeah, but I can pick from either Ospreys or Gloucester. But you have Archie Snayman. Uh... And like, and like that feels. The problem is that feels really me. Um. So I have to decide, do I want RG back or do I want to take Reese Henry? Because I fucking love Reese Henry. <laughs> um, I, like, I can't not take the World Cup winner back, can I? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to retake RG uh, at this point, David. Thank you. Henry might oh. win the World Cup. Will he though? What, what sort of, how many Welsh players have to get injured before Reese Henry gets a Welsh call up? That's what I want to know. When Reese Carey dropped out of the when Reese Carey dropped out of the Wales squad, why wasn't Reese Henry introduced? Yeah. Probably for the same reason actually as Reese Carey was dropped out. But 
<laughs> Still, he's yeah, good I'm vibes gonna, though, isn't he? I'm, to, be, to be honest, I think I might have ended this game better than Monster started it. Like, I have Ben Healy back and I have Damian McKenzie now. This is excellent. I'm, I'm pretty pleased. I've got like 13 players in my squad. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Dave Cherry. That's all I really wanted from this entire game. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, that actually, I'm glad you said that, Patricia, because the next question is, of course, who won this game? Whose team, apart from Lee's sort of, you know, going rogue on the on the <laughs> the end point, who, who did the best job reconfiguring their team in our fantasy version? Which of these teams is best now, um, uh, Patricia? You you first. Uh, your team was already at the top. You, I think you just kind of told us. You're, it, did you do the best job making your team even stronger this year? Oh yeah, I definitely win this game. Um, but like my team was so much better than all the other ones to start off. Like I cannot stress enough how much better Monster are than Gloucester. <laughs> so like it, it it's almost sort of unfair to to crown me the winner of this game. You nearly have to take Monster out of it and see who did the best out of, best of the rest, I suppose. <laughs> I think we should handicap Patricia by giving me RG Snyman. <laughs> do you want do do you want him back and I'll forego my third pick? Uh, yeah, I'll have Joey Carberry as well and the rest Go of your squad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm keeping I'm keeping John Hardy. You can have the rest of them. <laughs> All right, sound <laughs> deal. Who uh, gets uh, Josh Hodnett though? That's what... <laughs> yeah, exactly. His this, brother. This people, is, people. He, he goes under the radar a lot. His evil twin, like when Bart Simpson had an evil twin called Hugo in that one episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> That's Josh Hodnett. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had Photoshop. Um, <laughs> Will, who did the best job of re-imaging their team, let's say? You're allowed to vote for yourself. Oh, yeah, there we go. I mean, it's not really uh, a great superpower being able to vote for myself in this uh, <laughs> when uh, I've ended up still with the Ospreys. But, I mean, it's pretty handy that, you know, I did the tactical move of getting RGG Snowman and then Patricia buying him out of his contract. So now the Welsh <laughs> regions have money. So I think that that is ultimately a plus point. Um <laughs> Uh, obviously, I've not watched many four-way rugby games where you've got four teams playing at the same time on the same pitch, going in different directions. I think this should be something that's introduced. Um... That's this year's Heineken Cup format. <laughs> <laughs> and three out of those four teams technically win, but what? No. <laughs> um, but they but, all make yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, Somehow look, Monster think... will still be away in the quarterfinals. Doesn't matter how many games they win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have so many, so many uh, great signings have been made there, and so many uh, great teams. So ultimately, I do think that the true winner is rugby. Stop. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a really funny chant that happened in the uh, in the parking lot ahead of the, the MLR final after uh, the. The broadcast crew had come out and they they did a uh, a boat race and I, I think put it on the broadcast. They said they were doing that, and then when it was over, people just started going rugby, rugby, rugby. <laughs> That's what we should do when kickers start taking lining up their kicks. It's everyone chants rugby. <laughs> you say rugby, I say league, rugby. <laughs> Genuinely, and this is no bit. Because obviously me and my brother spend so much time just looking at rugby in the day, most of our conversations are started just by one of us going, rugby! And it's <laughs> getting concerning at this point. The most on-brand thing I've ever heard anybody say about themselves. 
<laughs> Rachel, who gets your vote? Who, who did the best job of shoring up their team? Um, I'm going to say Lee for his unorthodox love of Dave Cherry. I've never met anyone who's loved Dave Cherry as much as, as Lee. So I'm going to say that's a true winner. I, I am questioning still why. Um, but, uh, <laughs> is it Look the, at the guy. head? Because I've always, I've always wanted to just moisturize that. Do you think? <laughs> Does he shave it? Does he actually have to shave it? Is there a little bit of stubble? Is it smooth? I've always wondered that myself. So I think you've won because you'll probably find the answer. Yes. <laughs> what did you call the uh, untraditional love? Did you say? <laughs> Un unorthodox, but you know that, that was it. Unorthodox. Just in the grocery store, I saw one of those books, the, the unorthodox love of Dave Cherry. It looked like it was a pretty steamy, <laughs> steamy novel. His chest not, exposed. Not conventionally attractive, is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would disagree. I think he is conventionally attractive. I think that is peak male performance, to be quite honest. <laughs> I would agree. Uh, Lee, Lee, who's getting your vote for the best team? And again, you are allowed to vote for yourself. You, you had a mission, and I think you partially accomplished it. I'm happy within the parameters I set that I've achieved what I set to, what I set out to achieve, because ultimately. We could have had a game where I somehow ended up with the 2005 All Blacks and it would still be the same outcome for Gloucester anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so you've got to sort of take your enjoyment where you can find it because it won't be in the results or the season ending. So I'm fairly happy. I mean, clearly Patricia's done the best here. She, she, did, the, the, she did the mystery player at exactly the right time. And so I managed to keep her best players and add even more. So... You know, I'm always beginning to think she actually took this seriously, which is, I don't, I can't remember that that's <laughs> genius or a little bit sad. So I, I thought I expressly <laughs> forbid that in the email, but maybe not. I just really didn't want to lose any of my players because they're so good and I love them so much. Andrew and Conway's quite good, isn't he? I think I might actually well, sign it. I'm serious. It, it's really not funny. <laughs> <laughs> My lovelies, this has been a shitload of fun. Um, sadly, that's all I've got for you in this two-year anniversary extravaganza, like super bonus episode thing. Uh, that's the official title. I just want to thank you all so much for participating in our entry for Silliest Podcast of the Decade. I feel like with your help, we've got a good shot at it. Should we all sing happy birthday? No. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm instead going to say happy birthday because, yeah. again, as everybody said at the start, this podcast is fantastic. And David, you do such a great job with the guests that yeah. you bring uh -huh. on, other than other than us. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you do, you do such such a great job, and you've booked so many brilliant guests. And that's... I'm privileged that you've asked us to come on here. Yeah. It's and, amazing. And as, a late, as, a late to, as a late comer to rugby as you are, David, I genuinely think that people should be talking to you about how they can need to engage people later in, you know, non-traditional background sports fan sort of thing into rugby because it's incredible. So yeah, well done. Yeah. Sorry. The unorthodox love of rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring Dave Cherry. Just put Dave uh, Cherry on the posters. Sorted. Everyone will be fucking Rachel, my friend, do you have any marathons or anything else coming up? Um, also, we're like three months away from the WXV. Any news on that front? Um, I don't have any more marathons. That marathon is, yeah, one marathon is enough for me. That was the single most hateful experience of my entire <laughs> life. So um, I don't, 
if I ever say that I'm doing anything like that again, please can you fly across the world <laughs> because that was stupid. Um, yeah, the WXB is getting exciting. Um, the Scotland girls, uh, we know that obviously we're away to um, South Africa. I think they're still finalising bits and pieces with regard to who the other qualifying teams in the little in the three little segments are. So I don't think anything's been set out in stone, but um, I know the Scotland girls are back in camp at the end of July and they kind of start to build up um, into that. We've got kind of three, four, five weeks or so um, of pre-season. So I think it's going to be good. Obviously, we've just had um, the, the women's stuff um, with New Zealand uh, USA, Canada, and Australia, which has been really, really good. Um, no, no, it, it was not. It was terrible. Well, <laughs> no, you had a great game on Friday. There were, that was, was such a good game. A good yeah. game. What an advocate. Like, what? It was brilliant. It was so, so good. Mm. Not really, but it was so good for women's <laughs> rugby to see that. Um, so, okay. yes, I, yeah, David doesn't agree, but yeah. Um, <laughs> that kind of side of things is um, super exciting. So, yes, we are looking forward to the, the WXV when it starts in, in September, October time. It's so funny because, you know, people have been complaining about the condition of the pitches down in South Africa. And uh, I actually checked out the, the Curry Cup final just out of curiosity. And leading into the match, they're like, let's bring out the cavalcade of big, heavy set gentlemen on Harley Davidson's. Are they like, let's have them drive around like the perimeter so they're not, no, no. They're like, okay, guys, drive all over the field and then <laughs> end up smack dab in the middle in a huge line with your engines on. I'm sure the, the conditions of the pitch were fantastic after that. I wonder if they're just having like a monster truck rally now in anticipation of the WXV starting. <laughs> To be honest with you, some of the pitches that the girls have played on, there was one um, in New Zealand at the, the World Cup that the, the rain was lashing down. It was an absolute mud bath. So, um, yeah, in some of the, the, the pitches that the girls have played in it, I think anything's an improvement for some for some of them. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be good. She'll be exciting. And another kind of opportunity how kind of off the back of the world cup off the back of six nations off the back of um the the, the championship stuff down in in the southern hemisphere it should be good to showcase what women's rugby and the kind of rise of women's rugby and, and where it's going i've been searching i still haven't found if there's going to be a way for somebody like me to watch that yet i'm, I'm hopeful but there's nobody saying anything yet i do not know the answer to that as of yet i'm hoping that everything's going to be streamed Kind of to us up here i don't know whether or not it's going to be street well surely they'll have the usa games and things i don't know i don't know, yeah, I don't know you'd, you'd hope so you'd hope so even if it's just wxv1 yeah. and like the usa's games or something hopefully yeah. there'll be something this is mm. what vpns are for isn't it i'm told <laughs> I... <laughs> get, get a dodgy uh... box <laughs> <laughs> I tried going down the VPN route at one point, and I don't know if it was me or the service or just what, but I, I had no luck. So uh, fortunately, Blow Rugby has been carrying almost everything recently. Um, it, it's weird what they pick and don't pick, but uh, actually, the FPC started this weekend. I haven't even checked it out yet. Um, Will, this coming year, are you going to find a way to like go back in time and catch Pink Floyd on their their <laughs> animal store animal store in like 1973? Uh, I can, I'll do my best, but um, the short answer is no, I've got too much. In fact, no, I, I was going to say I've got too much seeing Bruce Springsteen to be doing, but he's finished now. I, I don't have another Bruce Springsteen gig coming up until hopefully next year. I don't know. Like, it's I, I don't know what to do with myself. Lee <laughs> is very much having the same problem. 
<laughs> well, Jason Isbell's got a new album out. He'll be touring that at some point. That's <laughs> You're all right. You're sorted. So the two no's we've gotten from Will so far, I, I both consider negotiations. So what's more likely? You going back in time to see Pink Floyd or your brother buying London Irish? <laughs> <laughs> I think the Pink Floyd thing is... In fact, the wheels are getting in motion now. I've just received... Yeah, I've got to go. Um, 1973 <laughs> is calling. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll go and watch Gareth uh, Edwards' try while I'm there. Uh, Lee, you got any DIY on the docket? Um, what's what's on the slate for you this summer? Um, mostly trying to keep my garden under control because gardening, I'm realising, is just a never-ending battle with the bastard that is nature. Basically, <laughs> I'd like to say I enjoy it, but you're basically trying to hold back a monster most of the time. Every and if you miss a weekend, you've had it. It's ultimately quite depressing, but somehow <laughs> makes you happy. This is what happens when you get to my age. Mostly, me, well, me and Dave, I think you're similar to me, David, aren't you? But the rest of you look terribly young, so you probably haven't <laughs> experienced this yet. But you basically you work hard enough to actually be able to buy a house, which I know is not particularly easy this day and age. Then you get a garden, and then you just have to worry about that for the rest of your life, which makes you both <laughs> slightly upset, also slightly happy, and also a terribly boring person. So you have to sort of work through <laughs> yeah. all of that, really. So It's like, oh, the magnolias have moved a centimetre. I feel like I've already achieved all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stressful doing your podcast, Lee, because I'm like, shit, what manual stuff did I do this week? <laughs> I've never done anything like that before I have to make something up. Well, we, yeah, we so I'm, I'm making, I'm making, I'm making, but in terms of DIY, I am doing a bin. I'm doing a bin shed for me wheelie bins and recycling, so that it's not, you know, strewn all over the the driveway and stuff like that. Can I just and, say, by the way, I love the fact that you went to Rachel to talk about like, oh yeah, when's WXV? All of this. You've gone to me asking what gigs are coming up. You've gone with Lee to promote his DIY that's upcoming. Well, this I is can't who wait I am. to see <laughs> Patricia. The era's tour. What you're looking forward to hearing. <laughs> My 21-year-old self would despise me, and I'm now finally comfortable <laughs> with that. <laughs> Lee, I want to know, how old are your children? 21 and 19. Okay, and male or female? 21-year-old's a boy, 19-year-old's a girl. Does she want a horse? Because I've heard horses are really good at mowing grass. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard goats as well. I know goats oh, no, are you, Yeah, good. sheep. Yeah, you want sheep. Get yourself We're... some sheep and some goats. Yeah. yeah. I live in Wales. Where would I find sheep in Wales? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the goatscaping thing is real. A friend of mine bought a house and he had that exact problem where it's just completely overgrown. He had never heard of goatscaping and we told him about it and he was like, oh, and he looked into it and he contacted this woman who was like, yeah, I'll bring you three goats and uh, you can rent them for this amount of time. And while he was in the middle of clearing his land, she just decided, screw it. I don't like this business anymore. I'm not doing it. And she just never came and got the goats. So now he's got three <laughs> goats and really, really clear land. Well, it reminds me of the, um, the Kevin Bridges, I accidentally bought a horse story on yes. what I lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Looking up. It's a very British reference, David. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'll get over it. Um, <laughs> Patricia, there's only one last question to ask. And, and for once, I'm not even goofing. Do your incredible expectation-beating monster get a repeat championship this year? And by the way, Johnny McGinty came on here just recently and said, Munster are going to be even better this year. Is he just reverse jinxing you? 
No, I do. I do agree. Oh, I hate. I love to say I agree with Johnny McGinty, but um, <laughs> I, I do on this occasion. No, I do think that they will be better because um, you know, everything last season was so new, and you know, with there was the sort of settling in period at the start of the season. They shouldn't lose five of their opening seven games this season. You know, they should hit the ground running a bit better. Um, I'm going to Italy to see them. My flight leaves six hours after the World Cup final, which I'm oh, also dang. going to. So I'll be at the World Cup final and then going to Italy to watch Munster because I can't watch rugby that's not Munster anymore so you know hopefully the season starts starts well from there and just keeps on going up I don't know if they'll win anything I can't say depends that I how, um, win. depends how Damien McKenzie beds in though <laughs> exactly <laughs> Well, and with, with I, the rumoured move of RG Snyman to Ospreys, <laughs> things could be a lot different. I don't think that I can say that Monster are going to win anything, but I like that's not because I don't believe in them. It's just because I just don't think I can say that. How fast would Snyman be on the phone with Rassi if that happened? Like, Dude, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> the fuck is this Swansea place you sent me to? <laughs> is it an animal? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Lee, follow-up question. Is Quadrophenia the Who's greatest album? Yes, undoubtedly. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Everyone else got it... such fun questions. I got a really difficult question about rugby. <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to ask uh, me about Gloucester? Come on. Uh, <laughs> who will have the best hair on Munster next year? Oh, um, I mean... We don't have Ben Healy anymore. That is that is a difficult question. Damien Mackenzie, surely. Damien <laughs> Mackenzie has a fine head of hair. Snyman did that weird thing where he tamed but didn't get rid of the mohawk. It's still kind of there and it's, like ghost it's form. It's very, very angular. Um, Monster don't have a real hair standard at the moment. I'll be honest. It's a we're in a bit of a fallow period. You know, <laughs> hairdo. They're one week late. Rattled, lads. She's rattled. Just a load <laughs> of short back insights. You've got to talk to us. Are you a fan of a mullet or not? It's not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> Do you think it looks good though? No. 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 It depends. <laughs> if 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 he's already good looking, then maybe. But like, you have to be really, really good looking to pull it off, in my opinion. Okay. Even ben and I pull it off. And I think a, a mullet just makes me think of Exeter, and no good can come of it. <laughs> <laughs> mullet equals five G five G conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> They're a big anti-vax slash mullet crowd there. Uh, I'm given the impression that in Australia, there's like mullet people and non-mullet people and ne'er the twain shall mix. There's like mullet bar. And if you don't have a mullet, do not set foot in that place and vice versa. I don't know how real it is, but I'm hearing this is a thing. Is that like the Holden and Ford thing they have there where you're holding card? Is it something to do with cards? You're a Holden guy or a Ford guy down there. And it's like literally... You commit your whole life to that brand of car. <laughs> like team Edward and Team Jacob. Because that's how just <laughs> stupid Australia is. But it's um... my friends. I'm really proud of the last two years doing this show, mostly because it's introduced me to so many cool and interesting and funny people like the four of you. I feel like why didn't you grateful. get some of those cool and interesting and funny people on this thing? <laughs> oh, come on! Oh, <laughs> the old throw myself under the bus move. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm honestly really grateful to be able to gather together a chat like this. Um, 
I, I honestly don't know in, in real life, I don't know a single person that I can just go to a bar and sit down and talk to about what's happening in the world of rugby. So getting all your sort of differing insights and perspectives and just your amazing senses of humor, it's the best. I really appreciate your taking the time on a Sunday to, to commemorate what's frankly been a shitload of work for the last two years. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> it's testament to yourself, David. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, David. Well done. Bye-bye. Yeah, congrats. Anyone, anyone have any final thoughts before I re release you back into the wilds? Andrew Conway's great, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's back in the Ireland squad. I'm not going to talk about it because we're here for another hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks to all of you once again. Cheers. Talk to you soon. And of course... Thanks. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, David.